Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dirt Talk. This is the Monday edition. And as I've explained in previous Monday episodes, we're trying new stuff. This is a little bit of a playground. Uh, each episode's a little bit different, seeing what sticks. So let us know, right? Harrison, me at dirttalkatbillwit.com. We'd love to hear from you. This episode is specifically about some news. I read some industry news time and time again. Uh, I see stuff primarily on maybe social media, LinkedIn, via email, whatever it is. And every once in a while, I'll read something interesting. And this headline came across, I don't know where I found it, but came across my screen and it says the misguided push towards electric construction equipment and why hybrids are the better alternative. And this is written by my friend Jordan at Equipment World. So thank you to Equipment World for allowing us to have this great content. I didn't ask them, but here we are. Um, It's a great article, and it starts off by saying, over the past few years, major construction equipment manufacturers have gone on a spree of snapping up battery technology manufacturers or heavily investing in those businesses. It's a logical move in the transition to green energy, allowing the OEMs greater control of their own destiny in a lithium battery market that has struggled to keep up with demand. But despite the noble goal of reducing carbon emissions, it's a complicated and misguided state of affairs, primarily driven by political overreach and appeasement of corporate investors. And that the last two words are most critical here, corporate investors, which is where it's being really driven from. If you went to Con Expo this past year, you will have noticed every single manufacturer had a at least one machine if not multiple machines at their booth with some flowers on it or uh painted green or surrounded by some some plants or having the term eco on it or whatever it is there there were there were these machines at every single one of the manufacturers and and they were saying you know what this is going to be the future battery machines are here and we are thrilled about that. But as I think some people have uh, already learned, there are some challenges. And uh, here's where we get to the, the fun part of the article. It says conflicting goals. To better predict the near-term future of electric equipment in the construction market, let's examine some recent happenings in the automotive industry, which is uh, quite brilliant to go to automotive since it's further developed than construction. So that's a great uh, a great pathway to go down, Jordan. On December 1st, the Biden administration announced a crackdown on automotive manufacturers using battery materials from countries considered hostile to the U.S., including companies owned by, controlled by, or based in China, Russia, North Korea, or Iran. According to the U.S. Treasury Department, beginning in 2024, an eligible clean vehicle may not contain any battery components that are manufactured by a foreign entity of concern. And beginning in 2025, an eligible clean vehicle may not contain any critical minerals that were extracted, processed, or recycled by a foreign entity of concern. And if you look at the list, China's on the list, and China manufactures uh, almost all of our critical metals, copper, steel, lithium, cobalt, you can go down the list, almost all of it 
is coming from China. Now you say, well, copper, for example, we produce a lot of copper in America. Sure, we produce a lot of copper, but we can't smelt and refine copper in America. There's only two smelters left in the United States, and they're very expensive to operate. So what do most copper mines do in North America? They put the copper concentrate onto trucks, they ship it to ports, they ship it across the ocean to China, where it's smelted because they don't care. They're going to smelt whatever they can get. And then it's turned around and sent right back. So a lot of people are quick to point out lithium, but I would say that it's even more important. Uh, metals like copper, uh, steel is another big one that's just completely glossed over as uh, something that's almost entirely controlled by countries outside of our, of our control. So continuing on the article, this means that many electric vehicles will lose out on the exact clean car tax credits that have made them appealing to consumers. So if you haven't bought an EV, uh, people that buy EVs can claim these tax credits, uh, which gives them a huge discount on the price of the vehicle to make them competitive. So that instead of going and buying a new Honda uh, hybrid, which is a great vehicle, they can be competitive and somebody that would buy a vehicle in that category can then go buy an EV for not what it's worth and not what it costs, but uh, thanks to the government, they can afford it. And the point she's making here is, well, now past 2025, EVs that have critical minerals that were extracted, processed, or recycled by these foreign entities of concern will not qualify for that tax credit which is every single EV in the entire world. So I didn't know that China was a country of concern. Is it, do you think the initiative is probably because of their emissions? No, no, the initiative, it, 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 it's, it's of concern because um, they're supporting Russia. They're, they're doing all, okay. kinds of, yeah. all kinds of stuff that I guess our government is not happy about. And I'm not the biggest fan of the US, uh, US government at the moment, but um, I do think it's advantageous for us to mine and process our own metals in the United States, which isn't a crazy thing to say, I don't think. I mean, I think process is the big, is the big one there. Well, mining too, because even um, lithium, for example. Do we have a lot of it? Uh, we have tons of it, but we can't develop it. There's a project called Thacker Pass uh, up in Nevada, and it is right now, it's been caught up in the courts for years and years and years and years and years and is designed, is ready to go. They're ready to start on it tomorrow, shovel ready, but they can't get government approval. The permit uh, has still been uh, held up, for example. Or another one, is uh, Resolution Copper in Superior in Arizona. They have the ability to produce 25% of the United States copper demand from this one deposit. But they uh, got their approvals pulled first week of the Biden administration. Uh, they said uh, it would be a year. They've been waiting three years and still have no idea when it'll get the green light. So do you think that the the current government has been overall bad for for all of these. Yes. Yeah. You can go down the list and you can see all the mining projects that they've pulled the permits of these new mining projects. The um, There's uh, some uh, South 32 mine in Arizona that's been held up. There's the polymet mine up in Minnesota. 
um, there's a long list of mines just waiting to get permits right now that would produce a huge amount of very critical metals that are necessary for this green energy transition everybody's pushing for. Mm -hmm. And yet, no, 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 it damages the environment. So, okay, you're still going to ramp up demand for all these metals. So we're still consuming all of the same metals, if not more of these metals. I would wager more. It's way more. It's it's copper demands going double over the next ten years. Uh, we're gonna have to produce, um, yeah, with within ten years, the the entirety of the copper we've already produced in 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 mankind is what they've estimated. If if we meet these goals, which the goals are unreasonable to begin with, but yeah, uh, so 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 we we need all these metals, but you can't do it here. So we're gonna go do it elsewhere. They go do it elsewhere. They. They destroy the environment. There's no regard for anything when they go do this. There's no reclamation. There's no human rights. There's, 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 there's just do whatever you want. And then they ship it all back here and we consume the hell out of it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that we control is the ports. It's not after that. It's out of our hands. So yeah, but it's, we, it's for those what, countries to deal with. That's what we like. We like to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. <sighs> so. With these uh, tax incentives pulled, or the incentive programs pulled, as a result, traditional automakers have been put between a rock and a hard place as they battle more lithium demand than government-friendly suppliers can meet, fewer incentives for consumers to buy the higher-priced vehicles, and fierce competition from industry newcomers like Tesla. It's funny. And Tesla, Rivian. Rivian te- as well. Rivian, yeah, but Tesla is not a newcomer. Tesla's no, been no. around for two decades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tax credits aside, consumers have been slow to adopt electric vehicles, and it's causing manufacturers to lose money hand over fist on their investments. Ford lost an estimated $36,000 on each of the 36,000 electric vehicles it delivered to dealers in the third quarter, according to an article from Reuters. Uh, from Reuters. That's, uh, yeah, that's yikes completely yikes and uh it's it's amazing watching these auto manufacturers now start to roll back um plant openings ev investments and ramp up uh and still spend on internal combustion engine development when they say there are no more internal combustion engines coming soon which is strange why would you do that yeah i doubt that um okay so here I'm going to continue and finish off with Jordan here. Before you can, before you hang me for that statement, I'd like to clarify that I'm not against investing in new technologies or electrification. Leaving the planet in a better place for the next generation is something I think we can all rally behind. We're just not ready for it yet, infrastructure-wise or from a price standpoint. Few contractors are going to pony up for an electric machine that is multiple times the cost of a internal combustion engine equivalent, and I'll argue that government tax credits to offset the added costs aren't worth the minimal carbon emissions saved. So this is her solution, which I like. Instead of just trashing EVs, she actually says, hey, you know, we're a little too early over here, but we have this great technology over here that's called hybrid technology. By prioritizing hybrid machines, that gives the world time to make the necessary investments in the electrical grid and bring down the cost of expensive battery solutions. My challenges to OEMs, don't stop investing in the internal combustion engines and the bridge technologies necessary to get us to full electrification. Well, they're not, uh, they're, they're not stopping investing in, in internal combustion. They're 
ramping up in many regards because they know their business won't be able to support this, but that's beside the point. Better educate dealer sales personnel on the advantages of current model hybrid machines despite their higher costs. And don't be afraid to push back against investors who are out of touch with customer needs and wants. That is way too much to ask and that won't probably happen, but I wish it would. And then my challenges to contractors, consider the efficiency of your current operations, be open to new technologies, and carefully consider the long-term cost savings of hybrid machines before making a decision on price alone. So I've read a lot of, about uh, electrification in um, the equipment world. And all of the OEMs, if you go to their press releases, they'll all say they're here to just meet uh, customer demands. And if you look at what customers are demanding this, you will see that it is purely customers that are heavily, heavily leveraged or uh, most importantly, ones that are listed on the stock exchange, which is where the corporate investors come into play. All of the, the, the EV of the um, sustainability standards is coming down from uh, financing. So they basically say, hey, we're, we're going to cut your business off if you don't enforce these um, increasingly stringent stand standards over the next decade or whatever it is. So they say, wow, okay, so we need to get our mining operation to net zero by 2030 or whatever it is. Okay, yes, we'll make that, we'll, we'll issue a press release and then we'll go to the equipment manufacturer and say, hey, we need equipment that's going to get rid of diesel fuel. And then they say, okay, well, our customers are demanding this, so we better do it. Now, I, like Jordan, am all for doing things better. I think the industry, to get out of the, the, the pickle that is workforce right now, needs to do things better and needs to be more efficient and effective. But I'm also for uh, common sense. And the everyday contractor is not asking for electric machines right now. The everyday contractor is actually remarkably frustrated remarkably frustrated by even just the emissions controls they've put on machines over the past 10 plus years, because now machines are less um, reliable because of all of the, the DPFs and the electronics and, and everything to even just clean up the emissions of these machines. They're very frustrated. And the everyday contractor, which is most contractors, is not asking for electric excavators. It's just not happening. Are there use cases for electric equipment? Absolutely. I think a great use case is underground mining uh, because there are fumes and there's only so much air down there and oxygen. So if the machine can be uh, electric, it helps uh, the operation be more effective and efficient. Fantastic. Another example is demolition, uh, interior demolition. You don't want to be running these diesel machines in these interior spaces around other people because the fumes and, and the lack of oxygen could be potentially hazardous. So if you run in a, an electric machine, you solve that problem. Absolutely fantastic use case. The third and final use case I'll present is due to sound. And this is happening in Europe right now 
a little bit North America, but still not quite there, but very much in Europe where there are noise ordinances in these towns and urban areas. And to operate within these urban areas, they require machines to be electric. Get rid of your diesel because it is loud and use these EVs uh, with, with batteries to make your uh, operations quieter and our people happier. And so schools are requiring this and, and different municipalities are requiring this. And this is actually where Caterpillar in the Nordic regions is developing a majority of their EV technology right now for construction applications is because of the restrictions now imposed in a place like Sweden or Norway uh, up there. And I think that's reasonable too. I think that's a that's a, a niche application. I don't yeah. think that will be everywhere anytime soon or everywhere anytime, but mm-hmm. I could see a school saying, hey, go get a battery powered mini. We don't, we don't need that right yeah. next to the classroom. Totally understand. Yeah. But I don't see customers asking for this. And I think manufacturers know that. Yeah. And I think they're having to toe the line of, yeah, no, we're, we're investing. We're, we're doing this to, to satisfy these shareholders and these, these corporate investors and then whoever's beyond them. But they know that the status quo will remain. And the craziest thing about all this is with auto auto manufacturers or equipment manufacturers, like Jordan says, we have this amazing technology called uh, hybrid, hybrid vehicles, which is wildly effective. It is the perfect middle ground between internal combustion and EVs. Yeah. So why, why wouldn't we? go to the middle ground before we make the leap into the the whole next category because we even if we wanted to go to transform every machine into battery power tomorrow we don't have we physically don't have the resources necessary to make that happen so we 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 need a middle ground and i think these hybrid machines are fantastic and very 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 efficient and I found it fascinating when I was in Germany, at Bauma, they were showing off uh, the 988 Caterpillar 988 XE loader. So this is a an aggregate or a mining class quarry class loader. It's like the flagship quarry loader, especially in Germany where the quarries aren't massive most of the time. It's a really nice machine. It's a very common machine, and they said the XE, the hybrid is far more efficient on fuel. Mm-hmm. And while it's more expensive up front, the operations save so much on diesel fuel over its lifespan that the investment in it is a no-brainer. And so for something like that, I'm all for it. If if there's a machine out there and a technology out there like hybrid technology that can reduce the costs for contractors, mm-hmm. reduce the burn of fuel, which is a huge cost for contractors, a huge variable cost too, huge cost. If there's a technology out there that can reduce that fuel burn while also throwing a bone to the environment, great, let's do it without requiring all of the infrastructure needed for EVs, even if it were possible. Yeah. That to me is a fantastic, fantastic option. And while it's out there, it's not being presented uh, and, and really pushed as much in the States. And very rarely do I see any kind of hybrid machines. The technology's out there. It works very well. It's more than proven on 
all kinds of machines. And yet it's, it's, it's still quite rare. It's still very rare. Yeah. It's not talked about at all. They're, they're like, Hey, we have this XE we've dusted off in the back of the yard. Um, and that's an option too. No, I, but it's not even at the yard. Like I, yeah, exactly. It's a special, special ordered. Yeah. But I, I very rarely see, except for the D D six XE. That's, uh, we've that's talked, actually quite a common machine. And there's also not an ex- common, but there's an excavator as well. And I, I think we've had a few people on the podcast actually talk about yes, uh, saving fuel burn. Yeah, with, there's. Uh, I forget who it was. There's a great. Um, there's there's multiple excavator model of of all the OEMs, loader models, truck models, um, uh, dozer models. Yeah, it's it's an amazing technology that's super 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 effective and efficient. And then beyond hybrids. Internal combustion is just getting better. Oh yeah, these these I mean, machines. It's, it's amazing. If you look at the small dozers or skid steers, you can look. The fuel burn every generation just gets better and better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. So why why wouldn't we continue investing in there as well to keep getting that fuel burn better, to keep getting the efficiency on these internal combustion engines better? That makes sense to me. Like, I don't understand how any of this is any of this is controversial. The case has already been made. The I mean, the highest performing uh, sport vehicles, F1 right now, are essentially hybrids Yeah, with, with V6s. Yes. People m- think they're like these massive displacement motors, and they're, no, they're, they're they, extremely efficient, actually. They don't sound nearly as good as the 10s did, which is just yeah. screaming. The V10s and the v Just like, oh. Glory but, days. There's a video of uh, Lewis Hamilton, and he's like, in an interview, oh. and they're they're doing the old cars, and he looks and he's like, <sighs> "I so, miss it." <laughs> he yeah. was like, "Like just go to the go to the Formula E social media and look at the comments. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. people they don't like it because yeah. I think not that it's a great technology. Like it's amazing what they're doing with these electric race cars, but." Everybody feels like it's being forced down their throats. And yeah, especially it it this industry, like blue collar mm-hmm. world, forcing something down these people's throats is not going to work. Not going to work. And these are the people that build the world. It's like, cool. We need to go modernize our entire power grid. Yeah. We need to basically replace our power grid to make the EV thing work. Assuming it works. Yeah. We need to go replace our entire power grid. How do you do that? You do that by blue collar people working hard out in the elements, making it happen with diesel power equipment. Well, and you, the problem is, is that we haven't given it the chance to be cool and you're making the choice for these, for these folks. And that happens so often in a lot of hardworking Americans' lives already that the choice is made for them, that when you add on that one extra thing, no, fuck no, you. No, like, it's not, it's not, not going to work. No one is not. No one likes that. I don't see many people using. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't see anybody driving around uh, lightning trucks. No, on I've seen one the Ford. job sites I go to. I've seen one Ford. Yeah, uh, EV. Yeah, so I think it's a great article. You're going to have all kinds of people talking about climate change and how um, essentially we're destroying the world and we need to act now and if we don't, you know, all the typical arguments. But I just, I think even if all that were true, 
you're just ignoring physics mm -hmm. and how yeah. natural resource production works. And and like a copper mine too, oil is a lot more flexible. You can ramp up and down. You can ramp production up and down in a in a mildly flexible manner. Whereas a copper mine, uh huh, you don't ramp up or down. <laughs> if you want to ramp up, it's it's a five to ten year ramp up period. Assuming mm -hmm. you can get the permits, assuming you can get the financing, assuming you can do everything you need to do from a legal standpoint to just get the operation up and running. And then it's years and years and years of development just to even get to you're pulling ore out of the ground and generating copper concentrate that you're still probably sending overseas. To somewhere extremely dirty. Yeah, but that don't worry about that because we're clean over here. Yeah, we're And it's good. not like the whole world is... It, 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 our air is our air. There's like an airlock around our air. And if it's their air, we're fine. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Yep. There's not a <sighs> dome around America, folks. Yeah. So, so, so keep that in mind. I think this is a great article. I'm just happy someone's writing about this in a coherent fashion. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I, I think hybrid equipment is is a fantastic, fantastic middle ground. I wish hybrid equipment was utilized more in the States because I think contractors would be better off. OEMs would be better off. We'd be able to build better products ultimately because we're more efficient. Um, Europe has a lot of hybrid equipment and, and has a lot of very great things to say. So I wish more of that. I would also say too, the other, I do also want to make a case for some EVs because I do think it is valuable. Another case for electric equipment, not battery power equipment, mm -hmm. is uh, like Lieber has a drill, yep. a, a foundation drill, yep. because you, you set this machine up, it requires a ton of power and it just sits in one place for a while. And yep. so you can take a trailing cable and basically plug in an extension cord to this machine that powers the whole machine, which yeah. is how drag lines work, shovels work. Yep. A lot of stationary mining equipment works in this fashion and, and they all have these giant power cables and they're electric because to have a diesel-powered drag line, it's just too expensive. It's too inefficient. It's just too much overall. But if you can power it with just straight electricity, yeah. it's so much more efficient. More consistent as yeah. well. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, you were talking about maybe for um, below-the-surface mining and for demo. Those are both things that are confined spaces. So you could have something like a trailing cable. Um for like demo or something. Well, if yeah, you have yeah. A machine or, sitting in the same spot with a with a long reach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a long reach excavator. They don't. Yeah. They're not moving around a bunch. No. And so you could have a cable going into a long reach and cut out your diesel cost. Maybe you could have a high, you could have a hybrid truck that trails with it. You could have a hybrid <laughs> truck. You know, tower cranes. They're not running diesel engines. They're running yeah. power to yeah. to make them work. A lot of cranes are and, great. And I mean, in. a lot of this could probably be retrofitted because um, even like this, the autonomous trucks, the haul trucks, you said they're, um, they're usually electronic drive with diesel power plants, correct? Uh, depends. A lot of them are mechanical drive, okay. but uh, like that is a mechanical drive truck. But then yeah. the 798 AC is an electric drive truck. Mm -hmm. So it has the two rear electric drive motors, yeah. uh, giant engine. Yeah, they're still and massive, then but. making that electricity that then goes to those electric motors. Yeah, that's kind of how um, 
shipping works too. It's electric yeah. drives but massive diesels. Yeah, to, that's how the to power dozers it. work. The loaders work. Yeah, it's pretty. So I mean, I mean, like those type of engines, like and that type of drive system is actually proven to be very very reliable. Well, and I I haven't even brought up Laterno. Like Laterno is, yeah. has been doing this for I don't know seventy plus years, probably more than that. They he had a, he had electric drive equipment way back in the day and all of their loaders which is now Komatsu they're all still essentially the same design that's worked for decades and decades and decades very well very well biggest loaders in the world electric drive and it's it's had the chance to be cool <laughs> and it's not someone's not forcing it's it to be cool. cool it's just it is cool yes okay so. all right well obviously i'm not passionate about this subject at all yeah uh, we'll just We'll just table this one. <laughs> yeah, tone this one down. Uh, thank you again to Jordan at Equipment World. I hope to have her on the podcast in a few months when she's here for World of Asphalt in Nashville. But that is uh, Monday podcast news edition. If you have articles or something that I should read or that you would like me to discuss, send them our way. Yeah, uh, for sure. Billwood.com. I just remembered we could crowdsource articles. Yeah, for sure. So if you have uh, industry-related articles, they have to be like mildly reputable. It can't be a Reddit thread. Don't send me a Reddit. I, I, as much as I love a good Reddit thread. That might be a different episode. That's a different episode. Uh, that's heavy equipment conspiracy theories. <laughs> but um, yeah, send them my way. Send them to dirttalkatbillwit.com and maybe we'll discuss that on the next episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you later.